Hey everybody, this is Dan Lobby. And this is Mary Kay Cabot. And this is Doug Lee Maurice. A three-person podcast here for the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. The Browns 21-21 to tires with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, for me, this is the first tie I have ever covered. Congratulations. Doug? Um, maybe a middle school football game I think okay. I covered a tie one time. Mary Kay? You know, I think I was around for that 19... 19- I hate to admit this... <laughs> But I think I you was don't have to. You, know, you have to say yes. <laughs> I have a vague recollection of a 1989 Browns tie. You were covering the team when you were five? Yes. All right. Um, let's talk about the Browns and the Steelers. Uh, we're going to ask well, basically I... three questions. Uh, the first question, I mean, what, what does this mean? Yes, what is that noise? Yes, cart. <laughs> we're standing in a hallway here as they clean the loges next to us. Um, what does it mean, a tie? What does this mean as far as the Browns and the rest of this season? You know what? I actually think that this was a statement game for the Browns. They came back. Look, the defense went out there and forced six takeaways, okay? We saw that stuff in preseason and wondered, is this going to hold up? Are they going to be able to do this against a good offense? Well, this was the Pittsburgh Steelers. This was Ben Roethlisberger. So I think they went out and they made a statement on defense that they will be a force to be reckoned with this season. Now, the offense has to get its act together. But I think the fact that this football team that went 0-16 last season came out and came one blocked field goal away from beating the Pittsburgh Steelers, who went 13-3 and last year, I think it says a lot. They had so many chances to win this game, too. I think that's the frustrating thing. I, You know, I'm not going to go quite as far as you just because I'm not sure. I'm wondering if we saw the real Steelers today or if we saw kind of the week one kind of meh Steelers. I don't know if that's the case. I do feel like this was a better, t- better Steelers performance than what we saw in week one last year. But when you come out, and I mean, we haven't seen them do this to Ben Roethlisberger. We haven't seen this defense play like they did today as far as pressure, turnovers, all of that, have multiple chances to win this game, come away feeling like they should have won this game. Um, I, I think there's certainly a, a lot of positives to take out of this. I, I wouldn't. The only reason I don't want to say statement is because if they go to New Orleans next week and lose by 30, (laughs) it doesn't hold up for a while. But maybe it is a statement. Maybe this is a sign of things to come. I don't know that I'm surprised by anything. I think this reinforced most of what people thought about the Browns coming in, right? That we thought the defense would be better than the offense, right? You think Miles Garrett is a game-changing playmaker. Saw it. You think Denzel Ward, hey, this guy's got potential. Saw it. You think Josh Gordon, hey, he's back. He can make big plays. Catches that touchdown to tie the game. Um, But you also think, well, left tackle might be a mess. Saw that. Also think the other four guys on the the right side of the line, maybe that's going to work. You had that drive where they came out to start the second half and moved right down the field. You think, "Uh, I'm not so sure about this coaching staff. At least that's what I think. (laughs) I think you saw that. You see Tyrod Taylor. Hey, that guy takes care of the ball. He had one interception on a deep ball, but in a game where Pittsburgh gave it up six times, he took care of the ball. However... He didn't consistently make plays down the field. He held on to the ball too long. He absorbed some sacks. He made throws when they had too late to Higgins and Gordon and got him back in. But overall, that's Tyrod Taylor, is it not? He holds on to the ball too long. He's not going to take a risk. He's maybe not going to make some big plays, but he's not going to kill you with turnovers. That was what happened today. So now you have to decide, is that great or is that not what you want? I feel like this reinforced most of what we thought about the Browns coming in. I think the other thing to consider here, too, that it was pouring rain much of the game. And I think it's a little bit difficult uh, to judge or grade a passing game 
when it's pouring rain. And, you know, I know that it was that way for both teams, but it was just a weird game from, from a weather standpoint, and I'm sure that had something to do with it. But, again, it was the first time that this offense has ever played together. It's a new terminology. It's Todd Haley's brand-new scheme. It's a new quarterback in Tyrod Taylor, a completely revamped offensive line, very many new skill players. And so for the I didn't – I guess I expected them to play better than they did, uh, but – uh, you know, for I think you need to take into account that it was the very first time they played together. So, I mean, look, let, let's just jump ahead because we're kind of dancing around it here. Let's talk about this quarterback situation. Let's talk about the offense. Um, and, Doug, I, I think you're you're right in the sense that this is kind of what – this is what Terod Taylor is. I mean, this what we saw from Terod Taylor, you know, the one chance he took, it was an interception. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a reason that he protects the football, and this is what the Browns kind of signed up for when they went with him. This is kind of what they have to live with. And, you know, I, I do think there's going to be people. I think you're going to tune into whatever sports radio station you listen to tomorrow morning, and they're going to be talking about the quarterbacks. And there's going to be people throughout the day calling for Baker Mayfield. The reality is the Browns signed up for Terod Taylor. And this is what they're going to get with Terod Taylor. Now, Mary Kay, obviously, like you said, they haven't played together a whole lot. Right. Yeah, they didn't get a ton of snaps together in the preseason. But, you know, there is a little bit of uh, he is who he thought who we thought he was mentality, I think, when watching him play in this game. Yeah, I think he probably took a few more shots downfield I, I do and, think, yeah, I think and chances true. than he's used to taking. Because, you know, traditionally we've heard that he doesn't take those kind of chances. But in Todd Haley's offense and in this offense, I think he will be expected to do that. And he has the horses to be able to do that. You've got Josh Gordon waiting down there for the ball and David Njoku, and you are going to take more chances like that. So uh, it will be interesting to see uh, if he starts throwing more interceptions when he's doing more of that. We also saw the 20-yard scramble for a touchdown was another part yeah. of it that you, you know comes with him a little bit. People were very excited when he did that. <laughs> that, was, that, was a, that was a good play. That was an, a very interesting drive, and he did what he had to do on that play. Now, you know, he had the 39-yard completion to Jarvis Landry mm-hmm. that I think – with a little better throw, might have been a touchdown. I, he had the play right after that, the deep ball down the middle to Josh Gordon that got broken up that maybe Josh Gordon could have caught, but I think a better throw, that might be a touchdown. So even, you know, but again, no surprises. That's what it is. As you guys said, that's what they signed up for. So the idea that like, oh, well, you know, they're okay, we're going to Baker in week two. No, like that's not, I don't even know. It's, a, it's people will talk about it, but it's not. That's not a thing, and, right? and that's and that's not what this team needs coming out of this yeah. game. Because, like, like you said, Mary Kay, if if this is really if this turns out to be the statement, when we look back at the end of the season and say, "Man, that performance against Pittsburgh was the start of something," you can't bail on him after one game because it was a tie and it was rainy and the offense didn't look amazing. Yeah, you have to stick with this plan that you've committed to. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you cannot put a short leash on him if you really are. Uh, going to go out there and, and try to stick with this plan. However, there were a few balls that he that were underthrown. And those underthrown balls and the way that the offense performed throughout the game and in overtime is a little bit of a concern, you have to admit. Mm-hmm. But you want to give him an opportunity uh, you know, to get it rolling when the offensive line has had more games together than one. It takes a while to get an offensive line working together. And, you know, they, they were not at peak efficiency today. And, again, uh, it was his first game with 
just a, a lot of things, a lot of moving parts. So I do think that he deserves uh, more time to get this thing going. But as you move forward and you start to evaluate it just from a arm talent standpoint, we'll have to see how it goes. Yeah. And, and the other, look, there's no guarantees that I, I think there were some throws that I looked at and thought, man, Baker's zip and his accuracy maybe completes that ball. But at the same time, you can't prove, you can't sit here and know how Baker would have performed on a day like this in his first NFL start against a first-team defense. You know, that, that was when he struggled in the preseason and, and during training camp against first-team defense. Now, he didn't have the weapons he would have had in this game. But, you know, we, we don't know exactly how Baker would have performed in this game either. Right. What else do we need to get to? We need to talk about uh, what did we learn? Well, we talked about the quarterbacks, so we talked about the offense. What else did we learn today? I, I, I want to talk about left tackle a little bit. Cause I, cause okay. I, 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 we learned something there, right? And, and I think what we learned is I feel like that's going to be a problem going forward. I don't think that's going to fix itself overnight. Um, Desmond Harrison had, I don't know how many penalties in the first half, two or three you know, which yeah. stuff happens. What are you going to do? You can see Joel Petonio at the line of scrimmage pointing stuff out to him, talking to him. Right. That's how it goes. I get it. What, what bothered me more were the times when Desmond Harrison was moving backwards with a Pittsburgh Steeler in his face, pushing him backward into the quarterback. Um, and I feel like he's going to face other more difficult defensive ends who will be bigger and maybe can do that even more. And so I, I wonder about that. I wonder about... Desmond Harrison winding up in Tyrod Taylor's lap uh, a couple times per game. And so I I don't know. I mean, it seems like this is what they're doing. They're not playing musical left tackle, right? This is what they're doing. They didn't. Corbett was inactive today, yes. right? So it's not even the second option wasn't even an option. They took that off the table to put, you know, Batonio at left tackle and Corbett at guard. So it is what it is. But I know the guy has talent. Mary Kay, you, your story revealed so much about him. You know. That's an issue, man. I mean, I don't, I don't, that's, and, and I think it could become more of an issue in some other games. And you know when it could become an issue, too, is, guess what? The Saints coaching staff, they're going to be looking at that tape for a week, and they're going to be picking at every little thing they see out of that left tackle position, and they're going to attack him in ways that he's never been attacked before. Mm-hmm. Um, so go ahead, Mary Kay. I know you were going to say something. Well, you know, I, I think that, that is, this is exactly why Hugh Jackson agonized over this decision. You're taking an undrafted rookie who had very little camp and never had a chance to work against the ones, and he has played one season, actually nine, 10 games of football since 2013. Mm-hmm. Okay? And those games were at West Georgia Division II. It's a monumental leap to go against the Pittsburgh Steelers or any NFL team coming from 10 games in the Gulf South Division and then go into the AFC North or the NFL and play these football games. Right. So it was a huge gutsy move to put him there in the first place. Gutsy? <laughs> I'm that's not one, sure gutsy is the word I would one, use. That's one way to look at it. But I mean, des- I would go maybe go desperate. Well, I don't know desperate. what I don't know what their other option. I mean, you know, clearly they, they, they didn't like the other option. They, they had another option. They didn't like it. No, and they say that this was a this was a staff wide thing. You know, they all put their heads together. This was John Dorsey, I think, probably, and this was, um, you know, this was the whole entire staff. This was Todd Haley. Uh, this was everybody apparently deciding that. Desmond Harrison was the answer there, and I don't know if they're going to go back and look at the film and say, 
you know, wow, we just don't know if this is going to work like this. And, Joel, you got to go back to left tackle and see if they, you can make this work. So, uh, you know, we don't know how this is going to go yet, but he did have a rough day. There were, you know, plenty of times where uh, he was beat by Bud Dupree. He gave up a, a strip sack. Um, he, you know, he had two false starts. And, you know, understandably, he struggled, but, you know, how long can you go with that? I just find it, I'm backtracking a little bit, just the idea of, like, they're not playing the rookie quarterback because the rookie quarterback, we want the veteran in there, he's not ready. But it's like, oh, the undrafted rookie at left tackle? That's fine. We'll do that. Like, that, it's not cohesive thinking. And, you know, I guess this is more about the roster building in the offseason and that Sean Coleman bombed and, you know, that wasn't great. Um, But there is a dichotomy there of, like, well, we can't put Baker on the field, but we can put someone who is one-tenth as prepared at Baker on the field to protect Tyrod Taylor. And I just, you know, if that if that position is a continuing problem going forward, that blows up a lot. Yeah. That blows yeah, up a lot does. of plans. That blows up a lot of plans with Jarvis Landry and Josh Gordon because whoever's back there isn't going to have any time. Well, they had plan A, B, all the way down to Z, right? So, yeah, so what came after that? <laughs> <laughs> they had Sean, Sean Coleman. It did not work out. Right. They tried to sign Nate Solder. They got beat out on that. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that did not work out. There were not a lot of left tackles floating around out there. There just weren't. Um, I think that they really believed that Desmond Harrison was a first, second, third round talent from a physical ability standpoint, and that that was going to be one of their options. They signed Greg Robinson. He got a concussion. That didn't work out. So it just seems like nothing Mm -hmm. worked out. And when they tried Joel and Austin Corbett there at left tackle and left guard, they were not happy with that. Right. So, you know, I'm not exactly sure why or what they saw in film that made them not happy with that, but they felt that this was the better option. Now, will they go back and readjust after they look at this film? We'll we'll see. I'm very curious. And, again, I'm I'm curious about that because you can't paint, right? We're not asking anyone to panic and, like, switch your whole plan after one game. I think you guys are making good points about that. It was rainy. It was the first time together. Right. But I'm very curious just how that – it's problem solving. How do you – it's not – there's no perfect solution. So how do you problem solve your way through this season? I think that's fascinating. Um, Let's talk about a good thing, something good we learned, and that's the defense. Six turnovers. Yep. This this is a defense that uh, forced 13 turnovers last year. So they're already halfway, almost halfway to that number of turnovers. Denzel Ward got two picks. Mm-hmm. Demarius Randall came up with a pick. You had fumbles forced by Miles Garrett, Jannard Avery. I mean, this team was harassing Ben Roethlisberger and forcing turnovers. The defense was not perfect today, but the bottom line is you've got to force turnovers in the NFL, and that's what this defense did, and it's a big reason why the Steelers only managed to score 21 points today despite having a decent day offensively overall. Yeah, and, you know, it was a big point of emphasis in the offseason, and it's going to be a major reason why I think they win some football games this season. This this has the makings of a very opportunistic and maybe even dominant type of a defense, and I think that, you know, they went out there today and and took it to them, and, you know, that was Ben Roethlisberger, a future Hall of Famer out there that they're playing. And, uh, And I think that... You know, it was great for Denzel. He equaled his interception total at Ohio State in three seasons. So that was good on his part, and uh, and I, I think there's going to be more of these. 472 yards of offense. Sorry, 472 yards of offense for the Steelers today. Only how, 21 points. How much for the Browns? Browns had 327. Okay. Yeah, 472 is a lot. I mean, yeah, you know, without those Denzel Ward picks, those are scores. Right. 
at least field goals that he right. prevented. I thought the first one was a great instinctual play. Yeah. He, he read something and came off. You know, the second one, pass hits a tight end in the hands in the rain, and it, and it slips through his hands, and Denzel Ward's there. The, the Randall interception is just a lunatic throw by Ben <laughs> Roethlisberger, who just decided to arm punt it 60 yards down the field, and I'm not sure why. It looked like he was walking to the sideline with his arms out, sort of saying, like, was that the play call? What are we doing there? I don't Greg, know what that Greg was. Greg Williams was probably screaming into his headset, that's why we play the Angel, guys. That's yeah. why we play the Angel. Seriously. Yeah, he, one play right he there. He almost overthrew the Angel on that, but <laughs> I think the Browns are the only team in the country that would have caught that. Um, but I thought the pressure... The the pressure continues, right? Because the Miles Garrett get Miles Garrett the, the Miles Garrett play on James Conner to get in the backfield and force that fumble that that reignited them. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was an unbelievable play. Mm-hmm. That's just the first pick in the draft shedding a block. It's just a handoff. It wasn't even. It's not quarterback pressure. It's just a running play. It's a running play that teams run seventy times a game, mm-hmm. and Miles Garrett just made it explode. And then Jabril Peppers picks it up, and you get a touchdown one play later. That's the kind of thing. You know, you're not not every week you can get a tip pass or whatever. Those are the kind of things, just constant pressure. Jannard Avery at the mm-hmm. end of the game to force that. They, they use that look a lot with Avery and Miles on the ends and Ogba and Ogunjobi inside. Yep. I mean, that's their pressure package. They got good pressure multiple times with that. And you could see there was another play where Miles came around the end. And I think the, fir- the first sack on Roethlisberger, he took a swipe at the ball. He could have knocked that out. So mm-hmm. I think Miles Garrett, Miles Garrett is going to do that a lot. That translates. That doesn't go away. And again, talking about how so few turnovers they forced last year. Mm-hmm. If they're doing that, they're going to force. They're going to force not six every You're, game, but they're going to do that a lot. They had two games last year where they forced multiple turnovers. I mean, you've got to be better than that. They're, they have a chance to have five, six seven games maybe where they can force multiple turnovers. And again, yeah. four games last year were Ogba, four or five games where Ogba and Garrett played together at all, right. and then you add Avery as another, better than a pass right. rush edge that they had before. You can see why. You can see why. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, I think Miles Garrett, you know, established that, yes, this is going to be his dominant breakout, you know, maybe even challenge for defensive player of the year season. If he plays like this. Live up to his number one overall pick um, and, and do all the things that uh, that they drafted him for when they, they felt that he was a generational pass rusher. And last year they kept asking him over and over, take over the game. We need you to take over the game. He played a lot of snaps this game. Mm-hmm. He played a ton of snaps this game, which they want him to do. And um, and I think that, that he made a statement. It was a statement game for him. I think Denzel Ward came out and, and basically said, yeah, no, I didn't have very many picks at, at Ohio State, but watch me now. I'm here, and you know what? You wanted Bradley Chubb? Well, just you watch this. So I think a lot of those guys stepped up. Denard Avery, I mean, yeah. my goodness. And, and I think this is a reminder that, you know, we love to obsess over the 1 through 53 of a roster. But ultimately – You've got to just have some dudes that can go win you games. Josh Gordon making that catch. This is why the Browns have hung on to Josh Gordon through everything, because he makes a catch like he made in the front of the end zone, somehow gets inbounds, and it's a touchdown. Miles Garrett, doesn't matter who's out there, he can go out and wreck a game. You're hoping Denzel Ward is that type of shutdown corner. You're hoping Baker Mayfield is one of those guys at quarterback. In the NFL, you've just got to have guys. I mean, the Steelers didn't have Le'Veon Bell today. But as, good as, as good as James Conner is... This is a different game with a healthy, in-shape Le'Veon Bell. So obviously you want your roster to be complete, but on top of all that, you've just got to have some dudes that can go just take over a game on that. Because if you thought the Steelers were going to win this game, what would you have pinned it on? 
Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown. Yeah. Right? You just say, well, those guys will find a way to win, and they almost did. So, so for the Browns to have an answer to that, I, I, I think your point is, I think, the most important point of this game, Dan. For the Browns to have an answer for elite talent, oh, you guys made a play? Oh, Juju Schuster-Smith, who, mm-hmm. who is like, you know, another Steelers find. He's making big plays. Guess right. what? We have guys who can make big plays, too. And that clearly, that is not the norm. And I think that is the number one thing that you take away from this. Absolutely. All right. Uh, did we miss anything? Because we're at about uh, a little over 20 minutes here. I think we, uh, I think we got everything. Anything you guys want to add here before we sign off on our post-game podcast? No, I mean, I just, you know, I, I thought I, Doug I, was going to have no, a, listen. a. Yeah, I have a rant about 500 word monologue. <laughs> uh, here's the thing I, I'm just, they were dead. Mm-hmm. It was over. Were your stories basically written, like the Browns lose stories? Yes. People left. Yeah. How much of the stadium left? Yeah. There are people listening to this podcast right now. You know who you are. You left. <laughs> we saw you leave with 11 minutes to play. It was over. And it's okay. We probably would have left too if we'd have been able to. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't tell the boss that. But listen, so so like that's why I don't think this feels like a loss. It was over and they were dead, and then the guy who was the first pick in the draft two years ago decided, no, we're not dead. That's a thing. And so maybe here's just one little piece of advice before we get out of here. Don't leave anymore. <laughs> you have Miles Garrett. If you're within two scores, and especially when Baker starts playing, I'd stay. Just stay. Who knows? Maybe somebody will make a play because they have a couple guys who can make plays. The other thing real quick is, look, that stadium, you guys, we saw exactly what oh happened. When, I mean, things were flying. People were everywhere. Beer was everywhere. Beer flew. Beer was, was, I mean, like, it was, it was a, like a locker room celebration. It, it really was. It was, like, it was almost like champagne was uncorked. <laughs> I mean, it was rocking. And it hasn't been like that for a long time. So I do think... That, that this game was, you know, a message to, to fans and to the rest of the NFL that, you know, that they are on the right track and that they are, they are going to win some games this year. But it would have been nice to be taking the road for New Orleans um, yeah. and having a win already under your belt because what this kind of sets up, and you hate to come back. I know, I know they're not going to be 0-2. You hate to come back to that Jets game, and it's 0-1-1. And this just sets up an opportunity where that pressure in that Jets game is just going to be to a point where it could explode. I really do think, like, yeah, it's high spine, it's not a loss. The Jets but suck. I know, but you just don't. The Browns are better than the Jets. You don't want that pressure. I no, hope I, just, so. I, don't, I don't agree with that. I, like, the Steelers are good and the Saints are good. You come back home and you beat a crappy team on Thursday night. The yeah. Browns are better than the Jets. Yeah. They're going to be in Sam Darnold's grill all night. Yeah. Yeah. Beat the crappy teams on your schedule. No one thinks they're going to beat the Saints. The Saints lost to the Bucks today. They're going to be ticked off next week. Drew Brees is going to throw for 500 yards. That's fine. You're not as good as the Saints. They have Michael Thomas. You can't beat them. They have Alvin Kamara. You're not going to beat them. You never know. Come oh, home I don't know. and you beat the Jets. Know. Just Ryan, come home and beat the Jets. Ryan Fitzpatrick did do some damage to them. So he was on knows. fire, man. All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up. Taylor, we're not no going to turn this into a, a New Orleans Saints preview here because uh, we're going down that road very dangerously, and we have work to do. So thanks for listening, everybody, to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. For Doug Lee Maurice, Mary Kate Cabot, I'm Dan Lobby. Thanks for listening, everybody.